Hi everyone, and welcome back to Great Manchester Stories. This episode's guest is Billy Brown, who's from Offerton in Stockport. He's got a bit of a strange, not a strange story, but he's got a unique story with a happy ending. So these podcasts at the moment have been heavily critical of GMP. This has got nothing to do with the police. This is a positive story with a message that we need to take on board so we can help generations of other young people reach their potential and reach their success. So first of all, welcome Billy to the show. How are you, mate? You all right? I'm good. Thank you very much. And thanks for coming on. No problem. No problem. So tell us your story. How did it start and where are you today? Uh, right, yeah. So so uh, I'm a Stockport youth. Uh, grew, up, grew up on Offerton Estate. Uh, single parent household. Uh, my mum worked long hours. My, my, some of you probably know me. Uh, my mum worked in the social club in Offerton. Uh, she cleaned in there. She worked behind the bar. Uh, I dropped out of school when I was about 13 and a half. School system wasn't for me. Uh, the school classroom, you know, I, I was I was classed as, as one of these disruptive children. And, uh, yeah, I just just, just didn't really fit in the classroom. It, it wasn't an environment that, that, that I could really learn in. And, you know, there, there was there was quite a few of us at, at our school who, who were like that. So... Uh, yeah, dropped out of school, and then by an off chance, my uh, tech teacher, which was uh, Paul Davis, uh, he phoned my mum and said, we've got a, a course going with British Aerospace. So it was every Wednesday, a 36-week course, and he said, he said, you know, I know, I know Billy's situation, doesn't like coming to school, how would he like to, uh, to to join this course? And my mum said, Billy, the phone's for you. You know, you had phones back back in the day, no mobile phones, and... Uh, says, do you want to join this course? I was like, nah, nah, it's not, it's not for me, it's not for me. But anyway, I had a bit of an interest anyway in cars and bikes and stuff, you know, grew up and went off in a state. And uh, I ended up getting on this course, right? So it was every Wednesday, 36 weeks. And it, it, it was a place where, where my talents and strengths were discovered. So uh, it was like an engineering course, bit of bench fitting, uh, mechanical, electrical, and yeah, I, I went on to, to to excel in 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 that that environment. So British Aerospace uh, offered me an apprenticeship when I left school. So it was BA Systems and Woodford in Cheshire. Don't exist anymore. Big housing estate. They were building a uh, the BA one four six, the Avro liner. They were refitting the the Nimrod, which was military aircraft. And yeah, so did, did the course. I, I excelled, and that's where my talents were, were discovered from school. I uh, went to uh, I went to the railway industry. I went to rail and I worked for for Network Rail. So I spent with, with them qualifications. They, they helped me. So I did MVQ level two, mechanical electrical engineering at British Aerospace, and they helped me gain access to the rail industry. Did a full railway apprenticeship with Network Rail. Uh, went into maintenance, inspection, uh, technical designs, renewals, and I ended up uh, running a department which was. Uh, so, so later on, it, it was a brand new department designed by Network Rail doing welding uh, with these high-tech machines, one and, a half, one and a half million pound machines going all over the UK. And, and it's very, very, you know, it was a very specialist department. There's not a lot of departments in Network Rail that you, you work national. This this was a, 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 a national department and they wanted like the top 20 engineers in Network Rail to go into this department. I was one of them. So, yeah, uh, worked for Network Rail for just over 10 years uh absolutely excelled uh, I'm, I'm the highest achieving apprentice for network rail still to this day uh, i've got distinction in rail engineering 
Uh, by the age of 24, I, I was one of the youngest and well-known designers on the UK network, relayed bridges over the Thames, worked on the Fourth Rail Bridge, worked on the Highland Line, worked all over Manchester, uh, all Peak District, all the quarries. And yeah, I, I was very, very good. I, I just wanted to learn. So went went from there, I left Network Rail and I went to Petroinios, which is oil and gas. So global oil and gas, and I ran their rail infrastructure in Scotland. So everything on the, on the track, uh, the locomotives, I got my train driving certificates, uh, I got all my machine driving certificates, so all, all the fancy machines you see on the railway driving about, flashing lights and stuff, I, I got all my certificates to drive them, all my competencies to, to drive them. Uh, I went on to teach one of the, and, and coach one of the youngest managers now in Network Rail, who's got the, the, one of the most uh, productive patches on the whole UK rail network. He's in the south southeast of England. I coached him for four years. Uh, he's got section managers below. I won't, I won't mention him on here what his, what his name is. Uh, but yeah, coached him for, for, for four years and he was the youngest high-end manager within Network Rail. So yeah, from from there, uh, I got into youth programmes and that's how we come across each other before. I'd, 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 uh, my passion was was looking at the background I came from and I thought, Do you know what? There's, there's a thousand lads like me out there. More, right? Lads, girls, right? Far cleverer than me that never ever get the opportunity. And, you know, with the school system at the moment, the, you know, we've got this issue where lads, girls, whatever, aren't learning in the classroom. And you've, people think they're disruptive. They're not disruptive. They just learn in a different way. So, you know, these, these we, what we find is, and you've done your youth work, and, uh, you know, you've been out there, and you've seen these youths on parks. I've seen these youths on parks. You know, they're, they're dropping out of school, and they're drinking, they get involved with drugs, or having kids young and stuff, and, and, and it, it all falls, for me, personally, it, it all boils down to the education system. And that's a good point there. So so before you continue, I just want to backtrack a little bit on, on you. So it'd be fair to say that your school basically saw you as stupid, troubled, unintelligent. You didn't fit into the one-size-fits-all education that is all we offer for 11 years of education in this country, we offer one size fits all. If you don't fit into that, then you're deemed as stupid, dysfunctional. And so is that, is that a fair assessment of what you think your school thought of you? 100%, and not just me, you know, loads of other lads in, in my year. Yeah, Absolutely. A government report came out a couple of in 2018, I think it was, uh, for England and Wales. And it basically said 18% of pupils in England and Wales fail secondary school. 80, that's one in five kids that the system is letting down. Some of those we will kick out of school because they're trouble causers, because they're disrupting the class, because our school needs to keep a good record. So if we get rid of them and kick them out, it makes our GCSE results look even better because they're going to get on anyway. And we're throwing these kids on the scrap heap. Now, you were very lucky to have one teacher in your school who saw potential in you. And you were also even luckier that there was such a program at the time to send you on. I mean, the odds of that all coming together is, is, is like is like winning the lottery, basically. Yeah. Yeah, of course. We've both done youth work, we've both worked with young people, and I'm tired of seeing us as a nation writing off one in five kids mm -hmm. yeah what are we do we, we recycle everything in this country now our garbage our bottles everything we recycle 
but we won't recycle young people because once they won't fit, that's it, they're gone. They're, they're just refuge now. And I, so tell me a little bit about what you did after that for young people who were like you, but several generations later. Yeah, so uh, what happened was, uh, so I, I left I left Petro, my, my dad got terminal cancer, okay. So I left Petronios, uh, which is up on the five coast to, to look after my dad, so this was in Scotland. And you, you may be familiar with a place called Buckhaven in Fife, right? It, it's it's very, very deprived. It, it's old mining town, so you've got all the five coast. Uh, you've either got really, really wealthy people to do that, a lot of holiday homes, or you've got a population that's extremely deprived. So it's got some of the highest heroin use and substance abuse in the whole of the UK. My daughter lives in that area, and do you know what? I was driving through, all the shops are closing down, you know, getting boarded up, and... Uh, the youths are off the rails. So, so what I did, uh, I'm passionate about fixing stuff like diggers and, and, and tractors and you you name it. I love to fix stuff. So, so what I did, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and tackle this. So, so what I did, I approached the local authorities and said, you know what, I've got, I've run in a small workshop and I was doing restoration projects and I was like, put me in touch with some people who who need a bit of an extra hand. So I did three three pilot schemes, three uh, uh, three different lads. And, you know, age, ages are around 15. One, one was uh, heavily into drugs. One was antisocial behaviour. The other one had fell out of the school system and uh, dyslexic. He was homeschooled by his parents. So I did three programmes, restoring tractors and machinery, and these youths excelled. And now they're all full-time employed, OK? Uh, from there, I was then contacted by Lanarkshire Council and we did a motorbike project. They had a problem with antisocial behaviour youths over in Lanarkshire. Bells Hill uh, in, in, in Glasgow and created it. was a simple course, put on some transport, 15 lads off the streets, just like that. It reduced antisocial behaviour by 70% in three months and I was congratulated by Police Scotland, right? It, it, it was crazy. And and, and the, the, all they said to me was, how have you done this? We, we've tried to do it for 20 years. How have you done it? I said, I was one of them. And said, so that, that's it. You know, they, they could relate to me. You know, same sort of background, and and it gives people inspiration. When they hear my story, it, it, it gives you inspiration. Do you know, what? we can be like him. And you know what it is? I say to them, you don't know want to be like me, mate. You want to be better than me. You, you, you know what I mean? You, you know, there's, there's lads like well smarter than I, than I am. And something you also did differently as well that the police and the councils didn't do. You offered something they actually wanted to do. That's it. Instead of going out, going out, lads, you want to play football? No. Do you want to play cricket? No. Do you want to do arts and crafts? No. You offered them something that they actually wanted to do. And that's what we keep failing when we're engaging with communities or engaging with the homeless or engaging with young people. We tell them what we think they should be doing. Yep. And we wonder why they don't engage. The, the, the secret is, right, if, 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 you, if you can find something that you like, right, the, 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 the key thing to be able to do is open their mind, right? If you can open a youth's mind, you can put in manners, you can put in respect, motivation. When that mind's open, yeah, find something they want to do, put them in a place they want to learn, right? When you do that, right, you can install anything into them. Hmm. Exactly. You said something a few minutes ago that I actually made a note of, and you probably didn't realise you said it. You said, I like fixing things. Yeah. And that's very unique now in our society because we live in a throwaway culture. So, so we're not fixing people anymore now. We throw them away. But because you're different, because 
you want to get your hands dirty and you want to fix things, you're looking at those young people going, well, let's fix them. Let's, let's not just throw them away. And, and we don't have those conversations anymore. Well, you know, where, where would I have been without that course? Right. Okay. So, you know, I, I had people, lads in my year or at school who were drinking on parties at night times, going to sleep on the, on the settees at night time. You know, people who know me or, or know these stories I'm talking about, you know, a good, good friend of ours, uh, white lightning and whatever, drinking cider, fell asleep on the settee, died. Right. Okay. Alcohol. Right. Another good friend of ours playing in Edgeley back in 2000 and oh, I think 19, about 99. Uh, one of our good friends called Jack fell off the flats. Yeah, just you're losing lowers and lowers of youth that don't fit the system. We're we're, we're losing them. So yeah, so what I've, I've gone on actually to. Uh, I'm now a teacher. <laughs> I'm, 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 I teach. Uh, so I teach railway engineering. I teach uh, construction industry. I teach uh, plant machinery, diggers, uh, people to drive dumper trucks, rollers, you know, that, that, that sort of stuff, and, and, and give them competencies. And, and I work with people between the ages of 19 and 65, right? Some of it's government schemes, government funded, and, and you know, they come in, they're a bit lost, they, 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 they don't know who to turn to or what to do, and then they go out the door, skilled, and in work. And, you know, it's, it's uh, I always tell my story. To, to, whenever I've got a new class, I, I have a class of uh, seven to eight every week, and I always tell my story. And, and, and you know, some tutors, the, where, where I work, they warned me because the story was interesting. You, you know what I mean? And a lot of these people who come through, right, they can relate to it. And that's what they, what they wanted. Someone who could, it was a good machine driver. I'm not the best machine driver in the world. They were a good machine driver. But they also wanted somebody who was good at teaching. I'm not the best teacher in the world. But bringing them both together, yeah, and relating to the students, boom. It, it, it just works, mate. You, you know what I mean? And. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a feel good job, and uh, I've I've gone back on it. The, the the money, the money's good, but I'm not there for the money, mate. I'm I'm, I'm there to change lives. So before we end, if you could change one thing in secondary schools, mm -hmm. what would that be? Right, easy one, easy one for me, mate. Have some sort of alternative education, right, or or. Uh, you know, some some opportunity for for youth to expose and to discover and expose talents between 12, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, right? And and have an alternative for, for something practical. So whether you're bringing in motor vehicle mechanics, uh, whether you're bringing in motorbikes, spray painting, uh, welding fabrication, have something different there that that it creates like a why. You know what I mean? So keep the the, the academic system has value, right? There's a lot of good people who thrive at school in a classroom and, and go on to be really good people, high-end jobs, whatever, but also have this other route. You, you know, I, I, I had no qualifications. I had the opportunity to British Aerospace. You know, by the time I was 25, 26, I was on 50 odd thousand pounds a year, right? I'm 37 now, right? I'm about 10 years ago when you were getting 50 grand a year. Yeah, I've had nice houses. I've had fast cars, right? And 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 do you know what? It was all because of that opportunity. So I'm I'm one of these these youths that that thrived in a practical environment. There's thousands of us, right? And and, and I think that's where we need to change. Is 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 at a young age we uh, we have some sort of alternative education to to help them. Completely agree. And like I said, according to the government report and figures, eighteen percent of young people are like you. And we can't let down 18%, one in five of young people. We need to give them a different type of schooling that's just as valuable, that helps them 
in life to get a decent job, to raise a family, to buy a house, instead of saying you're failing our system and blaming the young person for the failings of the system. Billy, inspirational as always. Thank you for coming on and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, mate.